0: O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether, and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. this week you just got me and Paul uh we're not sure where yet at so he's yeah, uh, who knows he's lost doing, he he's swimming in Lake Erie or something i don't know doing dad stuff um but we are going to go ahead and get started here so first off we will uh just run down uh, what we've been up to Paul you've had uh, a little bit of time out in the woods and yeah i took my my nephew Levi
1: uh, we went youth gun hunting out to some public land here in town. Um, it was surprisingly dead. There was not in the public spot that we were at. You know, I can remember taking my son, you know, 10, 12 years ago, and there might be, you know, 20 people for a youth gun weekend. We saw two. Um, so I don't know if that was – there was a big Ohio State game. You know, Michigan State was in town. So I don't know if that played into it, but it was um, – it was really disappointing actually just the the, the turnout um you know on, on on that piece of public that i've been been hunting for years so i uh i hope that's not a sign of you know the future but i, I kind of feel like that's the marker like deer gun is that's the biggest week that we have in the state for hunting so that was disappointing um for me, 7634 deer were harvested by the Utes here in Ohio. So good for you kids. Happy for you. We got some pictures, send them in at Ohio Hunt the dot podcast and Instagram. So yeah, let's see them. But yeah. other than that, months,
0: that was kind of it for me out in the woods. It is kind of you talk about not having people numbers out there. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State's always played football on Saturday. So I am hard pressed to think that that had a huge impact on on this week. Uh, we like obviously would to see more numbers, especially with the with the young folks. But um, do you guys get anything? We saw two does.
1: I man, they were maybe like 150 yards away, and uh, they just I don't know it was something. I, I don't know if it was us. I don't think they won us. the wind was pretty good, but. They just turned around and hightailed it out of there. Um, other than that, we didn't we didn't see anything. We found uh, a ton of turkey scratching back in this area, which which that was good to see. Paul, so, you're
0: not supposed to be looking um, for turkeys. yeah. It was just,
1: dude. I think about it, it. Listen, Christmas morning, my kids are opening up Christmas presents. Santa Claus is, is you know the magic is in the air, and I'm thinking about turkeys at some point like in that like in that morning like it's gonna pop into my head and i'm gonna you know that's just that's that's what i'm geared for man that's what i'm wired for you guys get all jacked up about bow hunting the rut and i'm just like eh, spring turkeys you know i'm googling like when you know when does the florida southern season start i can start hunting turkeys in like first week of march so i don't know i got a
0: problem that's so, funny yeah well uh on my end i'm gonna be really honest I'm trying to stay out of the pout box Uh, deer camp. That's what we call it. The pout box. And I've had, uh, I've had my share of success and, uh, and failure. Um, I I'm having trouble getting a buck on the ground. And I ran into an issue over the weekend where I, I did hit a very, a very nice buck. Um, the shop placement was not bad. And then uh, the deer ended up on a piece of property in which I cannot get permission to get out there. I I really, I'm 99% sure that deer is dead, but I can't get the, the landowners to give me any response. Not a yes, not a no just no response. Uh, I feel like yeah, I've called it's not for lack of trying. Yeah. We've, I've called them. I've knocked on the door multiple times. I've left notes in the door. I've talked to the neighbors surrounding. It's, uh, frustrating. I've called a lot of people. I'm not going to go into a big vent session, uh, because there's, There's a lot to this story, but one of the things I found interesting was I have no access to my wildlife officer right now. So the message that was on the uh, voicemail was that they were not accepting or returning phone calls right now. And to me, that was kind of odd being such an important time of the year. Um, Long story short, the struggle continues, but we are going to move forward and do the best we can so uh i don't know i don't know what else to say about that but we're gonna get it worked
1: out man i have i have faith so we ain't out of the woods yet i mean we're literally out
0: of the woods but we're gonna find that big guy so you're due the uh anywho on to bigger and better things it is as we record this what are we going to release this on the 24th of november we are knocking on the door of gun season i'm just going to say that i hope everybody is safe when they are going out i hope everyone is successful i hope that i would urge everyone to read their their regulation books uh double check anything make sure you guys are got your right orange on your guns are legal what you need to do as far as tagging just brush up on that stuff okay i don't think that three shells gotta have a plug unless you're using a single shot yeah it's not too much to ask it's it's the responsible thing to do it's what needs to be done yeah
1: It's, it's that, this is the week for me, man. This, you know, I haven't done a ton of bow hunting the last probably five years and I've put all my eggs into one, you know, gun hunting basket, the full week, the, the two, the two days. Um, So I have missed like three and I'm going to throw myself under the speeding bus, but I have missed three really nice bucks, like three years in a row down, down South. And I, I told you this story. I'm going to tell it what the hell, man, Why, make fun of myself. So I, it was muzzleloader season last year, two really nice deer come across, they're like 80 yards from me, across the creek, there's a ravine, buck fever sets in, I'm shaking like a leaf, shoot, shoot right over the back of these deer. And like, you know, like when you shoot at a deer, they don't know where to go, so they'll just kind of like stop and they'll look around and they'll try to figure out where they want to go, and they take the path of of least resistance. And it just so happened that my direction was the path of least resistance. So these two two deer run down the hill, up the hill, and the whole time I'm trying to like load my muzzle loader. And uh, they come up the hill, and I'm shaking so bad that my ramrod was inside the barrel of the gun, going bouncing back and forth. <laughs> And these deer just stop, and they must have like realized that I'm an idiot, and that they weren't going to die because they just stopped and, and like stood there and looked at me for you know what seemed like forever. And I just chucked the yeah, I get the get that damn bullet down as far as I could. I throw the ramrod and I pull up the sheet and they're gone, like they're just out of my life. So
0: hopefully, as, they, as they're running, they're like, "Hey, look, Harry! Uh, oh my god! Check out god. this guy!" I, I, like I was so look, I was so.
1: I was so mad. I, I just, I just sat there. I was like, "You are an idiot, man! These these deer like gift wrapped their life to you, and you, you like hands were shaking." It was. I was so. I was so upset. So, hopefully, it doesn't happen again because I'm ready to kill something. I know you are.
0: Yeah. So, I'm. I, I, be a good, I, I really want to kill something that has bone coming out of its head. Yeah. Um, but yeah. When are you, when are you leaving from Pennsylvania? When is that? Uh uh later this weekend i'm not sure that'd be cool um, going over there so we for... have
1: some we have some deer trophies to talk about from from our our dedicated listeners thanks for sharing your 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 pictures and and stories with us so my uh a friend of mine nick moen his brother shot dude the biggest dough that i've ever seen <laughs> i mean I mean, it looks like like it. Did you see? I, I I shared the picture on Twitter. Like the neck of this doe is swollen. I mean, she is massive. So Ben moen good for you. Brandon Keller, real good friend of mine, uh, listens to the program. Thanks, man. Uh, shot his very first deer, very first buck, first bow kill, first everything. So that's a
0: that's a special deer. Uh,
1: good for you. So months I think you got a couple other guys.
0: Yeah, we got Dan Soyson up there uh, back home. Dan took it home. He went to the saddle this year and, and took out a really nice, really nice deer. Um, So I think that paid off for him. Well, Uncle Steve back at it again, got himself another beautiful deer. Um, How many deer
1: do you think Uncle Steve's killed in his life? 100, oh, 200, 500? A lot. I've I've never met Uncle Steve, but I looked at that picture that you post on Instagram. I'm like, dude, that guy has seen some shit in the woods for sure. Like, that's the type of
0: guy that just doesn't flinch, man. He does a very nice job of getting one in Ohio and Pennsylvania. That's tough. Just about every year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially over there. They've got antler restrictions and stuff. So, oh, do they really? Yeah. But
1: I saw like they have bear, like a bear hunting season over there. I thought that was pretty sweet. Pennsylvania, man. I got to get over there. Speaking of bear hunting, and I'm not, not, I've seen a bear twice at three times, once in the Smoky Mountains, that counts, but twice in the woods here. I saw that, uh, like the state of Washington banned uh, spring bear hunting, or I think just bear hunting season, spring and fall. Uh, for 2022 which is which is pretty crazy and i i didn't i didn't read the full article but i'm sure it's just a knee-jerk reaction it's not based on the popular thing trust the science months it's probably not based on that if i had to guess um yeah. probably an emotional reaction so you know keep your head on a swivel man there there are people that are, that are coming out uh coming after the stuff that we love to do
0: so yeah. i'm no expert on that stuff but i know there's some yeah. other states that are in the same boat new jersey's one that's banned all bear hunting um they're going to have some issues. California yeah. obviously has some, some interesting laws, but instead of allowing hunters to take out certain predators, they pay people with taxpayer money. So, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, Paul. Not today. So we'll say that for July topic. We don't have anything else to talk about. Right. Um, Let's see. Today's featured guest is uh, Mr. Justin Ross with uh farmers and hunters feeding the hungry it's a an organization that works to take deer and uh distribute it to local food banks depending on where you're at it's really it's a national organization ah heck i'll let justin tell you more about it but we we really did enjoy this uh this talk it's a little bit off of our normal path of of things but if you get get a deer this upcoming week and you need a place for it and feeling generous or if you just have uh, a little bit of money you might want to uh, give to the organization that would be helpful as well because they have to pay for all the processing. Uh, it's pretty cool. So it's uh, heading into the, the holiday season. It's it's definitely something that I, I think needs to be considered.
1: Yeah, it's a neat, neat program. They do, they do a lot of good work and I've known Justin for years. Um,
0: good I know dude. This is
1: some, yeah, he is just, just a real, real nice guy. And, and the guy is a killer too, man. Like he, he kills some real nice deer, uh, but just, uh, you know, good heart. And, uh, I
0: think it's, I think it's an important, uh, important work that they're doing. So. Yeah. And actually we talked to Justin a little bit after the, after the fact, uh, I think, uh, we're going to try to get some stuff down the road where, we can help his organization and and get people out and, and doing some stuff. So be on the lookout. It's not going to happen next week, but uh, down the road next summer, next summer, next spring, uh, getting some stuff put together. So the fun stuff. The fun stuff. Everybody yeah. have, well, a have good... fun.
1: Yeah, ha- yeah. Have fun next
0: week. Have fun on Thanksgiving. Do your thing. Eat all the turkey in the world. Eat all the turkey. Yeah. Get all your Black Friday deals picked up. Is that if we and, still do that. I don't know if we, do and, we still do it. And the most that? important
1: aspect of this week and next week is what? Beat
0: that Wolverine ass. Yes. Yes. Go on you guys. <laughs> so, uh no more. Let's go Paul. Get him. Get him big guys. dog. Take care. <laughs> See you. Good afternoon, uh, or good evening, I guess, is where we're at for the day. Uh, we've got our special guest today, Justin Ross, uh, with Farmers and Hunters Feeding the Hungry. Justin, how's it going? It's good, man. It's good. To finally have some cool weather and um,
2: crops are coming off, so the
0: season's really kicking in. Yeah, it feels like uh, we're, we're actually moving into hunting season it just happens to be the third week in November here or whatever so um, but Justin's going to talk to us tonight a little bit about the organization he works with and you know some of the benefits that you know they have for uh, farmers and hunters and people that are hungry so uh, Justin do you want to give us a quick rundown of, of what your group is that you work with
2: yeah this is a it's um, quite frankly I run a chapter here in central Ohio northern kind of northern eastern central ohio and um it's a feeding ministry uh you know the history of, of farmers and hunters feeding the hungry goes back to Rick Wilson which was the um i guess the original guy that created it and there's a great video it was it was actually produced on on hunting the country the way back in the day and um back in 97 I'll just to give a rundown so back in 1997 uh the story kind of goes that Rick was Rick was a school teacher and he was he was heading home one day and he saw a car parked on the side of the road and a lady was standing there flagging him down. And he was like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but he didn't want to pass by. So he stopped to to talk to her and she said, hey, would you mind helping me run up in the woods and get this dead deer? And he was like, man, this is really odd, but he just felt compelled to do it. So he, he went up in the woods with her and got this deer and they got to talk and she's like, look, I don't have you know, a job. We kind of live out of the car type thing. And this is what I'm feeding my kids. And so from then on, he was like, man, we got to do something about this. You know, there's, there's plenty of deer around and this was out in Maryland, um, but there's plenty of deer around. There's plenty of needs. So he um, from there it evolved into a ministry in his church. Uh, to where he would he would essentially take donated deer meat and give it out to the local food banks, and um, quickly it, it just changed into a nationwide type thing um, since the late '90s. So, I've been doing this since 2007 here in Ohio, and um, it just gets better and better every year. It, it's just it, it honestly for a quick overview of that it's a great outlet for people that harvest more animals than they need um or people that uh maybe they don't like deer meat but they love just the experience of hunting so it gives them an outlet to uh, donate meat for free and you know i raise money to pay for the processing and then give it
1: all back to food banks in the local area so how does the how does the process work so i harvest a deer and then and then what do i do yeah so we have um we contract with certain
2: butchers all around state um because of you know just um trying to think of the, the think of the word obviously the legalities of giving meat out we have to work with usda inspected or county inspected um butchers uh so so which obviously we know that that whitetails um are not for resale and the butcher isn't actually inspecting uh or the, the county or the usda isn't actually inspecting the butcher for whitetails it's just that, that they're saying that hey they're a clean facility and, um, you know, we approve them to, to butcher meat to give to the public. So we contract with those butchers and uh, we set a price. You as the hunter, you would you would fill your tag just like you normally would by you know, purchase a tag, kill the animal, uh, you know, field dress it, take it to one of our butchers, drop it off, say, hey, I want to donate to FHFH. And uh, they get a hold of me, say, hey, we got another deer. And then, you know, usually my butchers, um, twice a year, they'll get a hold of me and say, um, you know, I got X amount of deer. Um, they'll give me an invoice and, and I cut them a check. And then throughout the year, now that I've been doing it long enough, you know, the food banks will just, um, the food banks come along, they know who to talk to and they get the deer meat throughout the year. And so we just keep track of that. But yeah, as you, the hunter, you just drop it off. Say
1: you want to donate to FHFH and it's that simple. Yeah. How many, how many butchers are just in, just say central Ohio, whom did you have signed up? Uh, central Ohio,
2: there's a handful. Um, okay. I'm, I only, I only deal with oilers out in Utica right now. Okay. Um, I actually was dealing with some other, some other butchers, but they've gotten so busy during this pandemic doing beef and, and hogs that they've actually just cut deer out. Cause they can't, they, they're all of their times booked doing, um, you know, beef and hogs. So I'm actually down to just oilers with my chapter, but there's a couple other chapters around town that have contracted with other, you know, other butchers. I think, I think right now, um, we're around like 35 or 40 butchers throughout the state of Ohio that we're contracted with.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at your guys' website and just for reference, it's FHFH.org. Uh, but you got a really nice map of actually, and Ohio's very well represented both for butchers and for people like, like yourself, Justin, uh, as far as, uh, you know, the contact for the organization in each, uh, area. So if, anybody's interested, there's definitely a good website. You can go check that out. Does Thern still do it downtown?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right there at Greenlawn in 71. You can't get much more
0: central Ohio than that one. So
2: yeah, no doubt. It's kind of funny. I get calls, um, actually a buddy of mine. Um, well, there's kind of a story about it, but there's a buddy of mine that actually runs that chapter and he's from up around Toledo, but his, uh, his cousin was running, was, a, was one of the originals in the state of Ohio that started, and, and Dave since passed away. He kind of actually got me into it um, years ago. but So, so Alan deals with, um, with therns, and, but I get calls all the time, guys that are hunting in southern Ohio, maybe they're from Michigan or even northern Ohio, and they'll actually be traveling back through, and they'll call me and say, hey, is there a butcher along the way that I can just, you know, drop meat off at well, not meat, but actually drop the carcass off. And, and yeah, they always drop them at therns because they're coming right up
1: 71 typically. So it works out really well. Good. And so how, how do you find how do you feel like what 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 shelters do you guys uh, donate to? Is there like a vetting process? Do some shelters not want deer meat because it's, you know, kind of outside of the norm? Or is the need so great that people are just grateful for any sort of food donation? Uh, back in the day, it was. So, so
2: years ago, it, it, when, I, when I first started talking to some of the local food banks, Salvation Army, some of the churches that have outre- you know, outreach ministries that have food banks there, they even questioned it. It was like, well, you know, are people they don't know what to do um, with the deer meat and so forth. So actually, the Division of Wildlife, it came up with years ago, little um, like business card size um, recipes and they all involved, you know, using venison. And so, so anyways, I had got a bunch of those from, from the division and then I would hand them out. And so actually when they would, when the food banks would pass out, like give groceries to the families, they would put a recipe card down in the bag. And all of our meat that we have is ground in one pound packages. It makes it very easy to use um, it's very simple for the and efficient for the butchers to just you know grind everything up, package it in one pound packages, and you know I'm sure all all three of you guys could come up with ten recipes right off right off the bat that could use ground meat. Um, so, anyways, yes, w- there was issues in the beginning. Division Wildlife helped out with that, got that fixed, and now uh, there really isn't. People are just grateful to have it. I actually a couple weeks ago I was passing out some meat. Um, and there was one organization that had no idea we even did it there was a sister organization of theirs was has been getting meat for 10 years um and so anyways they had got a hold of this this other organization and said hey give him a call he's got meat for you so they were asking the same questions you were asking like what do we, like what do we do so i got them set up and they're they're extremely grateful and they're looking forward to you know every few weeks taking a couple hundred pounds i i actually i just got a call from the butcher today i've got three thousand pounds of meat ready to go out into the into the you know local community right now
0: yeah that's that's fantastic. That was so one of my questions was how, on an average year how many pounds do you get <clears throat> um,
2: it, it's it's actually dwindled down here in the last few years because so many people are keeping their own harvest now um, there was a time that I was doing 12,000 pounds of meat um, a year and and if you look at it we, we kind of view it in the organization as about the quarter pound servings. So, you know, if you're talking 10,000 pounds of meat, you're talking 40,000 servings. Um, not, not only does it take a lot to, to cover the cost of butcher all that, but to get to find places for all that, um, you know, it can become actually kind of hard because the butchers only has so much freezer space. They can only keep it so long. But luckily a lot of our butchers are willing to keep it and, and pass it out sparingly to try to at least get it, you know, nine months out of the year that there's a, there's a supply of meat. Um, compared to just, you know, like four months of bow season here in Ohio. So um, it, it, it ain't great. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing probably now I'll go between six and seven thousand pounds of meat every year.
1: I'm on your website. It says one deer is equal to 200 meals. That's that's incredible. Yeah, we, we use that as an
2: average number of 50 pounds um, of meat per deer um, obviously you're going to have some that are smaller than that. And then you're going to have some deer that are, that provide, you know, or yield more than that. Um, but that's, that seems to be kind of the average. If you would look through our total, total, um, deer donations or just deer elk, whatever, depending where you're at in the country and and servings, that's, that's about where it's at. It's about 50 pounds per animal.
0: Well, you guys accept other animals besides whitetails or, I mean, in Ohio, I guess that's obviously our, our big game species, but, um, Is there anything else that you guys take in, or
2: um, in Ohio? Well, so yes and no. As in wildlife species, no. Um, obviously, we we don't really have a hog problem here, or or a bear problem. Obviously, we don't have a bear, a black bear season. Um, but because of trichinosis, the organization will not accept um, bear meat um, or or wild hogs. Because obviously, we have these chapters throughout the whole country, um, and with it, we don't take any road kills. Um, just because of of possible damage to meat and so forth. But throughout the country, yes, to answer your question, we do take a lot of elk, um, mule deer, some of the chapters out west. Um,
0: They're eating good out there. out there. What's that? They're eating good out there getting elk and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Huh?
2: Um, but one thing that's happened here um, in the state of Ohio, we've got a, a, a chapter coordinator that's out east and his deer donations have really dropped off in the past few years. But he wanted to find an outlet to, to still supply um, the food banks with meat. So he actually has raised money and he'll go to these, um, the county fairs. He'll go to the county fairs and actually purchase the animals at a county fair. And then, uh, you know, farmer his, his farmers and hunters feeding the hungry um, chapter will buy those animals and then he'll take them to the butcher. Have them butchered and that meat will actually go back in the community. So whether it's beef or hogs, I think he's even actually bought some chickens and he'll have the chickens butchered and that'll go back into the you know the food banks locally just because he wants to have a supply of meat for his his food banks and he just hasn't had as much with you know with with venison. You, you may not is, that's what's unique is because um we aren't just straight we're just trying to find meat to give to the community. And I actually myself, I, I've actually had some some beef and some hogs throughout the year. Um, like a guy will clean his hog barn out. Maybe there's one that's, you know, maybe he's lame or something, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, the uh, USDA won't, won't accept it. You know, I, I don't know how much you guys know about that, but there are pretty stringent rules. And uh, he'll just call me and say, hey, I got, you know, I got a beef and three hogs. Can I just butcher them for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I just... Uh, we just set up and agree to a price. And then I just take all that meat and throw it back into the food banks locally. I mean, there's no reason for that stuff to go to waste. You know? Yeah.
1: So you you may not know this or, or know the answer to this question, but, but how many, how many people like in, o- in Ohio struggle with, you know, food insecurity or, 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 or go hungry on a pretty regular basis?
2: I, you know, I, I obviously look at the website as well and, and, uh, the last data that we've got, you know, it, it states there on the website that one in nine Americans are struggling with hunger. And um, what else? I, I think it said on there, I, I pulled it up here as well as in 2019, 13.7 million American households were food insecure. Um, obviously, it's it's a pretty good amount of people that, you know, need help. Yeah. And, I, you know, it kind of goes back to, this started as a, um, when Rick started, he's really got a funny story about it, but when he started it in Maryland, it's just a, an outreach ministry within his church when it didn't take too long before it, the budget for, for farmers and hunters became larger than his church. And his church essentially kind of kicked him out. It was like, Hey man, you got something going here. You kind of need to go, you know, build your own office. And it's a little bit of a funny story, but um you know, I'm kind of blowing it up a little bit, but, but it, that's kind of how it is. And it's just turned into something where I, I get calls every year. Um, people that donate money to me and they don't even hunt, they don't like hunting, but they're like, man, you, this is a win-win for everybody. They know, they know that we've got whitetails galore and it, it's a renewable resource so that, you know, they're willing to help feed people and, and, um, it's a win for everybody.
1: So where's where's kind of like the largest concentration of food go in the state? Is it you know central, north, south, east, west, or is it just kind of like distributed equally across the, the networks in Ohio? Yeah, well, so
2: so the whole idea is for for the chapters to be local.
1: That was that was okay. the
2: original, original idea from the beginning. That that you'd have a you know a local a local coordinator and he would contract with local butchers. And then that meat would theoretically be donated from local hunters and it would go back to those local food banks. So there has been times when um, you know, when I've taken excess of meat back when I was talking, we were having 12, you know, thousand pounds a year. I would take some of that into Columbus to Faith Mission um, to give that to them, because obviously there's a large need in the in the inner city communities for for just protein sources in the food banks. Excuse me. Um but really it just depends on who's getting the most donations because everybody tries to keep it local to their community
1: i i know where i do a lot of hunting down in in the southern part of the state i mean that that seems to be like a pretty you know pretty common thing with
0: some of the families down there really really struggle so um i think it's i think it's amazing because i one of my other hobbies in life is kind of uh on the fitness side of things but like diet is such an important, has such an important role in how people function. It sounds so silly, but it good meat source, uh, and, and venison is so lean and everything else. I mean, that's, you can't get much better than that. And that's what we've gone in in our house where we eat it's venison. We buy very, very small amount of beef throughout the year. Um, so I think that's, that's amazing for these, uh, food pantries and stuff that, that really don't have great meat sources.
2: FHFH has, is like I said, things evolve into certain things, but obviously it's a win-win for everybody, but it's really turned into a a community now because you've got such a large, um, like field to table movement. And since this has always been a grassroots effort, um, it's turned into it's not really just a hunting or it, we never were a hunting organization we were we were a, a feeding ministry is what what we are and um i think people realize that 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 whitetails there's a lot of deer around and they are a great source of protein and and they're they're renewable resources here so why don't we use them um just like you said, I mean, you're living off venison. Myself, I, I buy some hog meat and, and some chicken, but yeah, we don't buy beef. I mean, we just live off venison. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people see that value
1: now, um, just because of the movement that we're in. So would you attribute that, you know, that decline from 12,000 to 3,000 pounds in annually? I mean, is that the field to table movement kind of taken, Taking a bite out of that or is it just you know multitude of things
2: um i think partially it, it, it is uh it, it's that if people have found hunting as a as an opportunity to spend with their family and even community um it's turned into a very valuable um skill possibly you could say um or just like i said just opportunity to to, to spend time with family especially through this pandemic um, the other thing is, though, that in the state of Ohio, you know, when the urban tags went away, you know, a handful of years ago, we have like the management permits now, but, you know, back in the day, you could get the $10 dough tags, and there was a lot of guys that were, were filling dough tags and, and just donating to me, they knew ahead of time, hey, I'm going to buy, you know, three, four urban tags wherever, and you had, you know, the, I think there were six different areas in the, in the state. And those guys would just go out and just just slaughter those because they they wanted to go hunt and they knew there was an outlet for the meat. If, if there was an outlet for the meat, they had never hunted. So, um, a lot of people don't know that. And this ended uh, probably maybe six years ago. The Division of Wildlife was actually, and it was in the hunting rigs book. They gave us matching grant money, um, and, and we viewed it as they they kind of used us as a resource to. Um, just to help with, with the herd size in Ohio. I mean, there was gosh, probably, I can't, I can't remember now, maybe back in 2012 area, you'd have to talk to the division, but maybe back in that area. I think, I think the the total harvest in Ohio was like 220,000 deer. And and I think now we're down around 175, maybe last year, 179,000, something like that. Um, But anyways, they were kind of using our program that they would give us matching grant money so they, they had a program if we raised a certain amount of money then they would give us that same amount um in a matching grant and there were stipulations um but they they kind of used us as a tool to help to help you know stabilize the deer herd. yeah and, and really granted true. i say it went away like it it, it just went away because it's not necessary anymore you know it's but it, it was great to work with them. They, they've been great to work with us and it, it really has historically been a, you know, just a great partnership.
0: It's, uh, we talked to Paul and I talked to Mike Tonkovich, who's, uh, yeah. with the state deer biologist or whatever, um, a couple of weeks ago, but the, uh, I, I don't, it sounded like the herd is pretty big. Uh, is that right paul Was that sound like uh what what we got out of that was i think it was at least stable was kind of more
1: along the lines yeah so it may
0: maybe we'll see that come back or something now um justin when we talk about food safety and all that kind of stuff i mean this is not something anybody really wants to discuss but uh it's it's real uh with the cwd in uh, the surrounding states and a couple of little spots throughout Ohio. Is that anything that is taken into consideration with um, this program? I would say yes in those areas. I think is it
2: maybe Holmes County, um, Wyandotte. dot, Holmes and wine. Okay, yeah. I know there's a couple areas that that you know all the deer are being tested. Um, I haven't talked talk to te- any chapter coordinators in that area. I'm sure they're following any mandates that the Division of Wildlife have put out there. Um, you know, we can all debate back and forth what's going on with CWD. Um, and really, none of us are probably professionals, you know, at it or, or, or expertise or experts in it. But, but yeah, I would say there's definitely some type of guidelines that those guys are following. And it's probably all direct, you know, given a directive
1: from the Division of Wildlife. I think, yeah, you know, there's a there's a stigma that that goes along with you know with hunting that you know we're all out just these bloodthirsty rednecks that you know that want to go out and kill everything that's brown that walks in front of us and and uh, I think you know it's really it's programs like this that I think are very important and help you know one just. You're doing you're doing good work with helping people and and feeding and feeding hungry families, man. That's that's as as, as wholesome as it gets. But two, the people, you know, it's this is like this is what it's all about. You know, it's it's a community, it's a family, it's a network of people that, um, you know, that value the the you know the resource that, that we get to experience and and to use. So this is I think this is a great program. So, yeah, I
2: appreciate. It. I'm I'm glad that you guys. um, You'll find value in, in promoting it as well. Um, I, I to go back to your comment, I think historically, you know, bow hunters have become such a huge part of hunting now in the last 20 years. You know, archery is such a big sport, I guess you could say. Um, and I think actually last year, if I remember right, last year was the first year in the state of Ohio that the harvest, the the bow harvest or the archery harvest was larger than the gun harvest, if I remember right um but with that being said back in the day there you hear all these horror stories that people went orange running around they're slinging lead you know just like you were alluding to paul um and that probably didn't create the best narrative but you know with bow hunters nobody sees them they're out there they park their trucks they go do you know what they want to do and and so you don't get that that bad mantra um that you used to get back in the day when you'd have 20 guys driving deer which is a very efficient tactic but it can be very unsafe but you know that back in the day that's what people saw and i think that's why some of that narrative came out and and, and now it's just not that way
1: yeah yeah for sure so if people want to get involved what uh what are some things that they can do and how do they how do they find that the, the, uh, the first ways thing to
2: involved? do yeah go so go to fhfh.org um you know, as you guys mentioned, it's it's a very very easy um, website to navigate around. Um, you could there's drop down menus, um, and then you can go into an interactive map to find a chapter coordinator. Contact information is there. You can get a hold of that that chapter coordinator to ask those questions in your area. Excuse me again. Um, as well as the butcher list, um, an updated butcher list, and so you could call that butcher. All I would all I would say is if you're going to be out there hunting um maybe maybe just make sure the butcher of the butcher's hours I mean they're operating a business so um maybe call ahead if you know that you're going to donate a deer maybe call ahead just make sure you know when they're open or closed when they're able to accept um animals it's up to them because they're running their own business um but as we get into later in the season it's cooler so hey if you got to wait overnight it ain't that big of a deal early season I, I try to tell guys hey make sure you know that if you harvest a deer you can get it cooled down or get it to that butcher and they'll, they're open to accept it yeah. um, but anyways get on the website you can get all that information there you know butchers in your area wherever you live where you might be hunting and, and also the chapter coordinators or feel free to reach out to myself i mean i'll, I'll help as much as i can um i've been doing this since since 2007. So I, I, have been doing it for a while.
1: So let me, I'm gonna, i want to, I want to ask you just kind of a, a very direct question, but how much money does, does your chapter need every year to process the deer that you, that you bring in?
2: Uh, give, or tag, different, give or take between 7,500, 10 grand in that area um, is usually what, what I try to raise to make sure I can cover all butcher bills and, um, Obviously different fundraisers do cost to, to fundraisers and so forth. But yeah, and that's 75 to, to 10 grand that
1: area. So you raise all that money just through private donations to fundraisers and I see like an online auction. Yeah. So yeah. So
2: I, I've done a Whitetails Unlimited banquet. Um we just just had it. It's always been the last Saturday of October now for this was our 14th or 15th year doing it. Um, That's a huge fundraiser for us. I do it with a a guy I went high school with, he actually works for Whitetails Unlimited. And um, so that's always been an annual, a large annual fundraiser for me. I've done uh, bow leagues um, in the past, just have fun, bunch of guys. We raise money and shoot archery. Um, I get private donations from from some of the churches um, that actually take some of the meat And, and even members, members of the churches or local, just local members of the community. Uh, like I said, I've, I've had multiple people that, that don't, they still just tell me, Hey, I'm a landowner. I don't really agree with hunting, but I love what you're doing and I want to help. So, you know, they'll send me a check. Um, so it, it's really from, you know, single individuals up to big fundraising um, activities.
0: That's awesome. grassroots, man. You gotta love it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Next year, when you go to have your, your banquet or whatever, you know, we need to, we need to push that ahead of time. So, uh, get get back in touch yeah. with us there on that so
2: yeah absolutely and um, just there is a couple of things here i wanted to i wanted to go through we were talking about um just some of the stats and i and i, I got some of the total stats because I, I think it's to be honest it's pretty mind boggling and you can probably get a lot of this on the website but um since 1997 nationwide um farmers and hunters feeding the hungry has had roughly 5.4 million pounds of meat incredible to us um yeah you're talking 20 almost 22 million servings of meat and that's across the country um in the state of ohio um since that's what we're mainly talking about we we've had again since 2001 that was the first chapter that, that started in the state of ohio and then we've fluctuated up and down. I was going to say too, it looks like on the website, we've got 29 active chapters in the state of Ohio right now. But since 2001 in the state of Ohio, we've had just over 1.2 million pounds of meat donated, um, about four, 4.9 million servings. Um, and then just here locally with my chapter since 2007, I'm right around, uh, what is it, pushing 100,000 pounds of meat and uh, you know, four hundred thousand pound or four hundred thousand servings. Um, it, it's amazing every time you see those numbers. To think that that that's the majority of that meat is not being raised by a rancher or a farmer. That is just just
1: nature, pure man. <laughs> it, it's amazing. Yeah. man. Yeah. It, it's
2: just amazing, and it's awesome. It's 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 awesome.
1: Yeah. So it's fhfh.org. That's correct. Check out the website. A lot of good information on there. Do you have any, any planned events coming up for 2022 you want to talk about, or are you still in the works on those? Uh,
2: I, I actually, I'm thinking about, you know, Paul, I I, kn- I know you and, and I've got this property in Hawking County and, and I'm actually thinking about putting together a, uh, um, like an archery shoot down there. Okay. Um, have you guys heard of the total archery challenge they, they run, they do out West?
1: I have not. Okay, so it, it the, the
2: total archery challenge essentially is, is a big archery shoot. A lot of guys come in, they just shoot 3D targets throughout you know, the wilderness. Well, I think I've, and, seen, that. And my, I've seen my that. idea is, is that I, I would like to do that in southern Ohio and put together like a Hawking Hills um like archery hike type oh, thing yeah. and lay out, you know, lay out a dozen or, or 20 targets throughout, you know, me and a couple surrounding properties. And essentially, you're going to have uphill, downhill. You're going to have 20 yard shots. You're going to have you know 75 yard shots. Just just fun archery. And, and so I'm looking at doing that next year, maybe after turkey season, maybe middle of the summer. Try to do somewhat of a fundraiser, get some guys in, have a big you know barbecue, you know like hall roast or something, yeah. whatever. And, and just go shoot, just go shoot. And, you know, we all love archery, so yeah, that sounds that's
0: great. That does sound I can, fun. I can man. I can I can show that Paul and Corey how to actually idea. shoot. I mean, yeah, there
2: you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, those heavy arrows.
2: Have you guys ever fighters. shot? Do you guys shoot much 3D? I have just the before. target at home. Yeah, it, it's a ball. Like it's a ball to go to these 3D archery courses. I mean, they're all they're all over the state. You can find them everywhere. Yeah. And just to step out and, and go shoot those targets, number one, it, it's 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 a mental exercise. It's physical exercise. You're usually having a good time with buddies um it makes for a good afternoon you know if one of your buddies loses an arrow it's funny if you lose an arrow it's not funny because they're so expensive (laughs) um yeah it it, it would be a ball to do that uh, you know to have a have a big fundraiser like that i like how they uh they put scenarios into it whether it's uphill downhill like you were talking it could be 20 yards but it could be you know 40 yards downhill behind a tree too Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool how they set those things up. Yeah, you know, you might have a bed of dough up on a hillside, laying in some brush, or uh, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it it makes it fun. Yeah,
0: that's good stuff. Months Wrinkle, you guys got anything else? The only thing I was going to say is I think we're going to run this sometime here around the holidays, and uh, I think a lot of us are blessed enough, whether it's food that we've harvested or uh, just in general. Um, You know we've got food on our table, so when it comes to organizations like Justin's, I think it's something you really need to consider. Uh, If if you don't have meat to give, that's fine. He'll happily take donations for the processing fees and that kind of stuff. Uh, But this is this is truly what kind of what it's all about and getting people good good food. Um, Not to get too like philosophical and stuff, but you know back in the day when the villages were, you know there was people went out and hunted and they brought it back for other people and they shared shared the meat like that's exactly what this is about so uh i think it being around the holidays and everything it's something you know if you haven't ever considered before really take a look at it get a hold of justin get on the website and uh and see if there's something you can do for him. yeah for sure it,
2: yeah it, you know depending on the county you're hunting in the state of ohio i mean there there's there's two three and four deer counties um obviously there's a cumulative of six deer total um you know the management permits you can only use up here to this uh what sunday sunday uh, after thanksgiving and then the management permits are not good anymore um but man yeah i would just tell i I would just like to say anybody that feels that you've got what you need um just like andrew said man buy another tag you're you know you're donating to the vision of wildlife they're doing a lot of work to give you um the deer that you like to hunt so go out there and tag one and, and donate it it's free of charge um and you get to spend some time out there maybe it's with yourself maybe it's with family but but yeah try to harvest an extra deer for your community because that's that's where it's going to go
1: yeah yeah absolutely well johnson i can't wait to have you on in a few weeks and uh and hear about that uh hopefully you you tag that big old buck you've been chasing. I want to hear all about that story. So good luck there, man. They uh, they don't get
2: big by, by being stupid. (laughs) No, they don't.
1: No, they don't. So, all right, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Justin. All right, man. Thanks guys. Yeah. Talking.